Well, it's Wake Up With KC, and today I want to talk about intuition. Many human beings use their intuition as, you know, in the psychic, medium world and for personal life. But what if there's intuition that you have to help eliminate competition in the business world of things. So I have a very special guest that we're going to talk about this. Sunil Godsey, please welcome. Hey, how are you? I am awesome now that I have you on my show. Awesome. I love it. Love the energy. I just was fascinated. Ashley Michelle mentioned you and highly recommended you. Like you have to talk to him. I'm like, okay, what is he about? You know, but you um, have your own website, but you talk about, you know, how to unleash the power of intuition to eliminate your competition in under 14 seconds. This has to do with business. Yes, absolutely. So can you explain your journey and, you know, how this got inspired for you to start this? Yeah, absolutely. So it, it all started um, really kind of unfolding, if you will, uh, after I wrote my first book called Fail Fast, Succeed Faster. And the premise of that book was that if you were to read from the failures of others, uh, there's and there's 75 stories of failure in the book, uh, then conceptually, you should be able to succeed faster because somebody else has failed already. And so, <clears throat> pardon me, as I went on stages around the world, the one question I kept getting asked by entrepreneurs is, okay, Sunil, tell me the one thing that's going to uh, help me be successful. And I used to roll my eyes because I said, okay, man, this is a 400 page book. Like I didn't come here with a cue card or a PDF worksheet. This is like, there's a lot of failures that happen in entrepreneurship. And for those who are running businesses, you know, there's a lot of sort of hurdles that they would have had to go through already um, to get to their success where they are. But when I started really that, that question kept nagging at the back of my head. And, and so I sat down to say, okay, let's look at these stories and say, okay, what was the reason why some people remained failed in the failed state? And what was the reason that people were able to overcome their failures or hurdles to actually succeed? And when I went back to the audio recordings, every single person who was able to overcome, well, first of all, every per single person uh, 80 to 90% of them, pardon me, had said that the reason why they got into their failure is because they ignored their intuition, they ignored their gut, or they used something like, I knew what the right decision was, but I didn't take it. And so that struck me to say, wow, I didn't really pick up on this, this thing called intuition, which was the reason why they failed. And then those who actually ended up succeeding in business was because they started to make the decisions that they really trust when when they started to turn, earn the trust of the people around them, uh, starting with their employees, when they started to hire the right people, those people who they hired then started to bring the right customers. And these are the stories of uh, success that came from failure. And one of the, the, the biggest ones is from Boston Pizza. Um, you know, with Boston Pizza Chain, when they were out east, they failed to recognize that when they expanded from Vancouver, Canada, which is on the West Coast, to Toronto, to the East Coast, they didn't realize. They thought Canadians are Canadians, but the eating habits were so different. And so in Vancouver, they eat uh, much later uh, on the West Coast. On the East Coast, they, they eat much earlier. So when they were pre prepping the restaurants, uh, you know, nobody was in the kitchen. And so people are waiting in line for two to three hours for their pizzas. And nobody's going to do that to a new chain that came out. And so they almost, uh, they almost, they had to go back and they stopped going east and they had to figure out what was a Canadian like his or her eating patterns when they, when they were in Toronto or in the east, eastern part of Canada. So by understanding, um, first of all, the customer and understanding the people around that customer by having a head office in the east coast they were able to successfully expand. And so that's where that trust element came in with those who were able to overcome failure. And so when I started to think about this thing called intuition, I started, okay, when had I, um, uh, had, when did intuition hit me? And there were two things that hit me right away. 
And the first is when I trusted my intuition. I distinctly remember when I was five years old, there were these video games that my dad wanted, I wanted my dad to buy. And my dad was saying, you know, Sunil, come on, they're, they're more expensive. They're too expensive. I'm not going to buy them for you. And I, I distinctly remember walking in the woods right behind my house and I was staring at my sneakers and there was this voice that said, Sunil, go door to door to raise money. And so here's this five-year-old kid. I took my two-and-a-half-year-old brother in tow, and we went door-to-door, and we raised $200 uh, and on a weekend. $100 went to my dad for the video games, and the other $100 went to a school charity because my school was doing that, and I really loved that about uh, it. just really made me feel good. And the other incident that got me thinking about how intuition affected my life was when I was in, in engineering, um, I was also doing some personal coaching at the time. And there was a friend of mine who was actually being stalked. And she said, Sunil, I need some advice. And so again, something was telling me to meet with her that afternoon. It was really urgent. But another set of friends were saying, come on, Sunil, let's go for beers. It's uh, you know Thursday. Let's, let's, just, let's just go for beers. And I said, sure. Uh, and so I asked my friend who needed advice, would you mind waiting, you know, a couple of days? Do you mind if we, we meet a couple of days? And, and she, like a good friend, said, sure. And uh, what ended up happening is the very next day, uh, the stalker ended up following her and uh, put a bullet through her forehead uh, and killed her instantly. And so uh, ignoring my intuition, uh, I believe, was responsible for not giving her the right uh, coaching that might have saved her life. So... Now that I have these two things, when I trusted intuition and I ignored intuition, I said, okay, I really got to dive deep into this because if I don't, like, I don't, I'd never want that to happen to anybody else again. And so mm-hmm. when I started Googling, you know, intuition at the time, this is back in 2012, 13-ish, um, there was a lot of things about manifestation and, um, you know, uh, voices from God and all that stuff, which is fine. If people d- define intuition like that, I have no issues with that. But me, given that my engineering background, I was always asking, okay, is there sort of a scientific explanation to this, uh, you know, that might ground it a little bit in sort of that sort of the arts and science type of um type of a way scale. And so I went to an academic database and typed in the word intuition. I'm expecting, you know, you know, maybe half a dozen articles. And there were over 60,000 articles wow. on intuition and over 40,000 of them had to do with business. And so I'm thinking, oh my God, like I had no clue. And so just to give you some, uh, some of the research that I found, uh, you know, since intuition hit me when I was five, <clears throat> pardon me, one of the things I was thinking was that, well, we should be born with intuition. It's a subconscious phenomenon. And so when I looked at sort of the research, one research po- paper showed that infants as young as two months old have been shown to have uh, intuitive tendencies, or, or as this paper calls this intuitive physics. Uh, and further research shows that your intuition actually starts on average seven to 10 seconds before you actually make a decision or take action. And when I looked at the trust element, which is where the sandbox I play in now, when you're looking to do business with anyone, or if you're looking to have a friend, your intuition takes in, starts gathering information about that business uh, decision or that friend in as little as 33 milliseconds. That's how quick it is. And then by the time you hit about 10 to 14 seconds, your intuition's already told you to say, this person can be trusted. And so, and we've all had it. If you if you've met someone, um, you know, then uh, you know you you instantly know that that's someone who's got the right intentions and things like that. And your intuition's always on. So let's say you've got some friends, or in the business context, you trust someone, but then something in their life changes. Your intuition is consistently and constantly evaluating that trust again with thirty three milliseconds to make sure that there's no major shift. And so what your intuition really does is it protects you to so that you only associate yourself with those people who are going to be a foundation for success or the, who are going to move your life forward as long as you trust your intuition. Um, and then when I started diving further into the, into the research, I found out that your intuition is much more complex. And the best way I can describe how complex this is with things called signals and the four types is 
um, when you're buying a car. So let's say if we've all been out when you're buying a car or a piece of clothing or whatever it is. So let's say you've got a major purchase item. A car is probably the best one I'm, I've, uh, I can use as an analogy because nowadays when people go buy a car, a lot of us are going to go on the on a website to take a look at the specifications and what do we actually need? Is it four wheel drive? Um, you know, do we need a sedan versus a, an SUV? And so we're kind of doing some some research on kind of what we want. But then when we go into the showroom to buy it, assuming that's where we're buying it, and then what happens is we start looking at it. And it says, mm, you know, get into it and this feels really nice. And I really like that color and I'm driving it and, and it, it feels nice. And so that's exactly how your intuition kind of works. It's a combination of these feelings that you have when you drive it and it backs it up with a lot of information that you've really done. And so when it combines those two things, then you make the decision to buy the car. So if we break up the feelings and sort of the background research into two different things of intuition, let's start with the feelings part. So intuition has these things called intuitive signals, and there's two types of signals. There are positive ones that are telling us to go ahead, and there's negative ones that are telling us to back away because we need some more information from that decision. And so, and because each of our experiences are unique, the positive and negative signals are also unique. So for example, my positive signals are feeling a f a f uh, like a flow or the dots connecting. And I had one CEO, who I interviewed. Now he's run two multi-million dollar businesses today based on an omen that pops up on his right shoulder behind. No color, no shape, but when this omen pops up and he's making a major business decision in terms of hiring or getting some VC money or expansion uh, targets, when this omen pops up, he just says yes. And that's his positive intuitive signal. That's how unique these signals are. Now, when we contrast that with negative intuitive signals, negative intuitive signals say, are just basically saying, hold on, based on the decision that you're making right now, there's something that I see that's a warning. You need to take a step back and really think about gathering a little bit more information so that you can either go ahead with that decision because you've got some missing information or the decision you're about to make is actually a bad one. And so once again, so the negative intuitive signals for me, for example, is I, if I see something or I'm thinking about a business decision or any decision that is not the right one, I start to lose my peripheral vision and I get hyper-focused and my eyebrows cross. And so that is the first signal that I know that something's wrong. And the way that negative intuitive signals work is that they actually start very subtle in nature. So Oprah calls it a whisper. And as you continue to ignore those subtle signals, they start to get louder and louder until you can't ignore them anymore. And so I had one person who I interviewed who was in a really bad relationship. Her intuition was sending her these little intuitive signals to say, get out, get out, get out. And finally, she heard the words, get out. But by that time, she was financially devastated. He dra drained her bank accounts um, from someone who had a lot of money and, and you know, back down to, and she had to rebuild all that stuff financially. Uh, and another um, person, another CEO, who he was in the back of a Uber and for he knew that he wanted to get out of this company. It was a nine figure company in the uh, mortgage industry. So he was incredibly successful, 300 employees under him, uh, one of the top uh, companies in the mortgage industry, but he wanted to get out. His intuition is saying You're, you, you need to get out. And so he was just, he ignored it, ignored it, ignored it. And he was in the back of an Uber and all of a sudden the words come out, you're quitting. It just came out. He had no control over it. And that was a signal. And he went to the board and said, uh, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I, I got to quit. And he had obviously some, he had to, he can't just say, because my intuition said I quit. He had so he had to back that up with some facts and stuff like that, or, or he'd probably get sued. Uh, but he had his reasons and he put that in and um, he left the company. And I had one, and this is how unique these negative signals are. I had one uh, CEO, uh, entrepreneur who said, Sunil, I really don't know what my negative signals are. I'm not sure because nobody's ever asked that. You know, I don't say Kimberly, Hey, let's go for a latte. What are your intuitive signals? Like, I mean, you and I may have that conversation, but typically that's not the, the topic that we have when we go for coffee. So as he's telling me about the times that he got into business for the wrong reasons, like ego, fame, or money, he kept grabbing his left earlobe. And about 10 minutes into our conversation, he says, Sunil, 
I just realized it. Every time I ignore my intuition to make a bad decision, my left earlobe starts to pulsate with heat every single time, every single time. And so that's how unique this intuitive signal was for him. And so that's the feeling side. And so we all have to, we all have these unique signals that we just sort of have to do some homework to figure out what they are. And we can talk about what you need to do um, in a second here. So to contrast the signals, remember in that car incident, this is the feeling taking the drive. The other part is the research. And so what fuels these signals is four types of intuition that actually, so your intuition is actually broken up into four types. And the best way that I can show you what those four types are is through a case study of someone who is a non-believer. So one of my colleagues, his name is John Rothschild. This was a guy who was in the investment banking industry for 25 years, where spreadsheets and data ruled everything in his life, including his personal life. So when I was starting my journey on figuring this thing called intuition out, um, I gave him a call and I said, hey, John, listen, I want to interview you on intuition. And he says, come on, Sunil, intuition doesn't exist. What are you talking about? Because he just he just didn't think that 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 woo woo stuff existed, right? And so, mm -hmm. as he said, you know what? I'll I'll give you my time. I haven't seen you for a, a, a while, so let's meet for an hour for coffee. We'll talk about this 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 thing called intuition, whatever you want to talk about for about five minutes, and then we'll just catch up on other topics. So I said, sure. And so I, I I bring my camera with me with the film crew, and and I'm just thinking, oh my god, this is gonna be such a short interview. And I said, what am I getting myself into? So I set up the camera and I turn it on. And uh, I was telling John about the fellow who sees these omens and the left earlobe. And I said, these are things that happen when people are ignoring their intuition. And he goes, yeah, Sunil, you know what? I, I, I'd love to shake that guy's hand who sees omens and all that. But uh, yeah, just, you know what? Intuition, yeah, I'm not sure. Anything, any decision you make, is based on your learning and your experience. So now we're going to get into the four types of intuition. One of the main one of the four is called experiential intuition. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about, well, like obviously when you're born, uh, you're going through five to six thousand experiences per day. And when you're much older, you go anywhere from twenty-eight to thirty-five thousand experiences a day, depending upon the research paper you want to take a look at. And so the idea is that every single day you've got thousands and thousands and thousands of data points that go into the subconscious area of your brain. And so if you look at your brain like an iceberg, ninety percent is below water, uh, which is your subconscious area brain. And a Harvard study showed that we actually use ninety-five percent of our decisions come from that area. And the 10% above water is your conscious area brain. Again, that Harvard study says that we only use 5% of the conscious area. So Harvard's even saying that the majority of our decisions comes from intuition, essentially. Um, and so you've got, so let's say you and I are making a decision today. We have billions and billions and billions of data points of both learning and experience that are going to say hey, listen, the decision that you're about to make, somewhere in the past, you made a similar decision and it turned out well. I'm going to send you a positive signal. Or somewhere in the past, you made a similar decision and it didn't turn out well. So I'm going to give you a negative signal to see, to tell you, hold on, back away. You may need a bit more information before you make this decision. So that's experiential intuition. And so when I was telling John, I said, sometimes John your intuition has you go against the data. And he goes, well, that's funny that you mentioned that, Sunil. He says, I have an example. And I said, okay, please tell me. And so he was, John was in the uh, franchise uh, operation area. So what he would do is he would put in a McDonald's or a Dunkin' Donuts or a Wendy's or Burger King. And so what they would do is they would look at a location and they'd take a look at the demographics in the area. And they would look at traffic patterns and development. And so his team would rate each location on a scale of, of 10, 1 to 10. And so anything that was a 9 or a 9.5 out of 10, they would say, put a franchise location there. Because based on the, the data, um, this is going to be a successful location. But there was this really crappy area of Toronto. 
it was a location that had a five and a half out of 10. And his team was clearly saying, we're not going to put a franchise here. There's nothing in this area that's going to make it successful. Yet, John walks into that area. Now we're going to look at something called situational intuition. This is the second of the four. John starts to scan the area and he notices like there's skyscrapers that start to come a little bit closer. He knows that the uh, there's going to be a renaming of sort of a, this big center on the side. And his intuition senses from a situational perspective saying, I think this location is going to do much better than my team thinks. And so he goes against the data. And again, now John is saying, perhaps it's intuition. I'm not sure. So I'm at least John's mentioning the word intuition from before he was saying it doesn't exist at all. And he goes against the data of his team and puts in a location. That location was the most successful brand name called the beer market out of all the portfolios of brands that he, that he, uh, that he started because he went against the data. And now John's getting it. He's, I can tell that the role of intuition in his life, he starts getting it. And then at some point, John's, uh, John's purpose changes. And he says, I no longer want to be an investment banking executive anymore. He wants to run a business. And so when his purpose changes, he's obviously going to ask the people around him. And the third of the four is called relational intuition. What relational intuition does, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, is its sole purpose is to make sure that you surround yourself with the right people who are going to give you that foundation of support. They're not yes people. They will give you constructive criticism. But what they will tell you is that they will tell you what they really think because they care about you and your success first. They don't care about anything else. And so in John's case, when he made the decision that to leave investment banking to start a company, all the people who were concerned about ego, fame, money, high-end restaurants, limousines, private jets, all of them said, John, you're nuts. Why would you tr trade off this luscious, lucrative, ego-filled, extrinsic, motivated-filled uh, life to start a business? What's wrong with you? The only one person that ever asked him why was his wife. And so his wife asked him, John, why are you doing this? And now I'm paraphrasing. So I've gone from setting up my camera and John saying intuition does exist to him now explaining exactly what he told his wife. And I'm quoting him in the video. Sunil, Sometimes you can have all the data in the world, but you have to trust your intuition. And I looked at my wife and I said, this just feels right. And the fourth of the four is called creative intuition. Creative intuition looks at the risk level for you. That's really good. So obviously if you're eating a sandwich or turning left at the lights, there's no risk in that decision. But in John's case, you would think that his intuition would give him a great business to take over that has healthy cash flows, strong balance sheet, a good set of revenues, not his creative intuition. His creative intuition says, I'm going to give you the ultimate risk, John. Here's a tiny bankrupt little restaurant for you to start. And so he goes from saying, I'm making three to $4 million a year as an investment banker. I'm quitting that. And I'm going to start with this bank account that's less than zero and has some debt on it, that's where I want to be. And so he trusts his intuition. He quits and he walks into that bankrupt, tiny bankrupt little restaurant. That restaurant was Eastside Mario's location number one. And over the next 20 years, he grew that one location to over a thousand, over 20 or several brand names. Um, and he grew that from zero to over two billion dollars by the time he retired 20 years later, all because it felt right. And that's exactly how your signals work with the four types of intuition together to help you make the right decision. That's how powerful your intuition is. Wow. Oh my gosh. I just got blown away. That is so fascinating. Oh my gosh. Cause I'm like listening to you going, 
Oh my God. We do have yeah. like, I've like recognizing signals, mm-hmm. you know, through my channeling and, and talking to the spirit guides. Cause we all yep. have spirit guides, not just physical beings, but we have spiritual beings that are like our guardian angels. And if you could tap in, cause we're spiritual beings, sexual beings inside of a human being. Mm-hmm. So I've learned to like with my intuition, it's like a, when I hear I uh, truth, I feel it. I, it's like something hits me. Right. And I'm yeah. like, okay. But then at the same time, when I feel a presence of a being, I get hit. Right. So I'm like, right. okay, what's going on? But then I'm talking to my, it's like, I'm talking to my higher self, you know? Um, and I ask questions and I'll like, yes and no questions. So if I don't feel anything, I, I feel like that's a no. If it's a yes, I get that hit. I'm like, okay. And I keep asking the questions to lead me to, the, I guess, the direction of what it is that I'm, you know, where I'm going or what am I supposed to do? Right. And, and exactly. And so the way that I look at it is, is as I said before, how you define intuition is really up to the individual. So if people believe that they're spiritual guides, um, I've, I've got two people I interviewed on my podcast show. One was a Buddhist monk and the other one was the grandson of Nelson Mandela. Both have said that uh, they believe intuitions passed on from, from previous generations uh, to inform us in this generation. Others like John uh, just said, no, intuitions, you know, based on your experience and learning, uh, you know, if you're going to introduce omens and stuff to him, uh, he's going to he almost shut me down, right? So f- my role when it comes to intuition is to say, okay, you have these signals. Where you where they come from, from w- how you define them is totally up to you. I'm just saying that there are going to be ones that are positive that move you forward and negative that tell you to, that you need some more information uh, and then to figure what that what that is. And so when you take the time to figure out what those signals are or what the origin of the, them are, Act, use them as guides when you're making any type of decision uh, in your personal life or in your professional life. So now my question, since you brought this up, is like, okay, is that my positive and negative signal? Or is there another signal of going for making a decision like in business and, you know, and my, my personal life, like how do I, Yes. So, so the easiest way to do this is to say, okay, let's take two pieces of paper uh, and on one piece of one piece of paper, I'm going to look at listing. So the best, the best thing predictor as Steve Jobs says is to draw the dots from the past. And so if we look at very much like experiential intuition, if we look at what you take one piece of paper and list out our good decisions and we, and one other piece of paper that lists out the bad decisions. And for each one of those decisions, you want to say, okay, when I think about that decision, what am I feeling in the moment? And is that feeling coming from my guides? If it's great, if it is fantastic, then write down what that feeling is and what are the guides telling you that's good with that decision. It could be a combination of your guides also talking, plus you having your own internal body talking. Once again, this is going to be very individual for every single person. Um, and so for, for, for me, there's, it's a combination of the body signals and I get signs in the, uh, in the environment. Now, I could, I could extrapolate that to have some guides, uh, but for me, I don't do that because I, I simply just want to look, put the signs in my body and the external signs that I see because those are the things that are going to repeat as patterns for me that I need to recognize. And so I do that for good decisions and I do that for bad decisions. Uh, and what does it feel like? And normally the ones that are the signals that are the bad decisions are the ones that are slightly uncomfortable in nature. And so, and you want to make sure you catch the subtle ones because the subtle ones are those whispers or those, mm, something's off here. Uh, because if you ignore those, then that means that you're making a bad decision. Uh, you know, I've ignored it until they get louder. And so you really have to take a bad decision to say, was that the first bad decision or was that decision number three? And if it was decision number three, what was decision number two that was telling me not to make that decision? And then you keep working backwards until you find that subtle signal. So there's a bit of time and effort that you need in uh, in, in putting this. But once you figure out what your 
positive and negative signals are, what's going to happen is every decision that you think of in the past, you're going to get a number of them repeating themselves, which is exactly what you want. Because then you've got this bucket of positive signals that are unique to you. And you have this bucket of negative signals that are, are unique to you. And so every decision that you make after that is going to have a signal coming from one of these two buckets. And if you if you fail or if you still make a bad decision, what I say is failure is amazing. Uh, and I love when people fail because what happens is that failure just means that you there was a negative signal that you didn't pick up on. And so when you look at failure, first of all, it's going to give you information about a negative signal that you didn't pick up on, which is fine. Now you know what that negative signal is. Put it in that bucket so that you know the next time that comes up not to make that decision. And the other thing is that, that the incident that you went through uh, that you failed at now also goes into the subconscious area of your brain that your intuition can pick up on. So that in the future, if you make a similar decision, your intuition is going to go, ah, 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 Sunil, you remember you failed at that before. And that's the whole reason why I put that incident in the subconscious area of your brain. Don't do that. And so it's going to send you that same negative signal again. So even if you start making bad decisions, those are amazing learning opportunities for your intuition. So I always say celebrate the failures and hurdles you've had in the past because that's exactly what your intuition uses to learn. Well, then I have a question because of some experiences that I've had. Sure. Is uh, like back in 2009, 2010, I had this like thought idea of going to radio broadcasting school. Connecticut okay. School Broadcasting. And first I thought, I'm going to have my own radio show. But then I fell in love with video. Mm -hmm. So then it was like I felt something really good about doing that. I felt more alive, like a passion just rose up in me. And I got excited and I was doing learning all this stuff and everything. But then I started to, like my own internet talk show. And then going through the divorce and then becoming a single mom, it's like everything just had to stop. Yep. So could it possibly be that, yes, that is what you're supposed to be doing, but it like divine timing wasn't quite right. Yeah. So in that case, so we, and it's hard to do because I'd have to ask a lot more questions, but if you're looking at say having your own video show, um, could it be that going and, and doing this whole magnanimous video production, uh, was not the way to channel your messaging. Maybe it's perhaps start a YouTube channel, uh, and start that way. And then, and you know, lo and behold, those people who are, I mean, the trend now is, is going on YouTube and, and going big there. And there's less of the shows at that point. So uh, it could be that your intuition was saying, hold on, maybe this traditional route uh, that you're looking at is not the right way to go. Still use video, but start using topics that are on YouTube, for example, that people will love. And then they'll naturally come to you as long as you're doing topics that they want. And you end up becoming a lot more popular there. And it's a lot cheaper because you don't have a lot of hard equipment and studio space and all that stuff. Um, and YouTube pays you after 10,000 uh, hours of watch time and 4,000 subscribers, you start getting paid by, by, uh, by Google. And so that could have been the answer at that point for you to, to, to go into. Now, again, there's a lot more circumstances around that. I'm, I'm really simplifying what the decision is because when people come through you know my coaching program there's a lot of questions i have to really understand the nature of the decision the intention of the decision who's involved what's the situation what experience you have um and how risky are you are with the four types of intuition i use that as a template to really understand what's the purpose what's the intention what do you really want to do and then everything else falls into place from that. And sometimes, and I think you also bring up a really good point is that sometimes when we think this is what we want to do, we often gravitate to the traditional methods of doing it when we should be thinking about, well, hold on, this is what my intention is. What's the best vehicle for me to move that intention forward rather than, oh, society has this vehicle and society has this education and society has this and that. And we start to try and plug these traditional things into what we want to do as an intention. And when there's, it's like, you know, putting a, uh, you know, a round peg in a square hole type of thing, it might fit, but there's a lot more hurdles uh, that come in. And so 
this is probably a long-winded answer to say that the way you were thinking was not what should have happened. And perhaps the stuff that you went through to get rid of that was sort of your intuition saying, okay, now you just figured out that the traditional way wasn't the one for you because that is an expensive way to go. Whereas, you know, the stuff that you're doing here with the podcast and even getting on YouTube, much cheaper and a lot more authentic. And that's what people want nowadays. And so yeah. perhaps that's what, the, what this is. I'm getting hit as you speak. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And, and so we're figuring out. So again, this is Ooh. a this is a live intuitive, intuitive uh, coaching session, right? Wow. And so you're getting the hits, right? So you're getting the hits, which means your intuition is saying, nailed it, nailed it, nailed it, nailed it. Okay. We nail now what's going on. It solves your financial issues. It solves your time issues. You're already doing what you're doing. So there's you're not doing anything new. Uh, and now you're getting these signals. Boom, 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 boom. And the only thing now is for you to turn on the tap and, and let the water flow. I'm turning it on now. <laughs> turn it on. Turn it on. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so fascinating. <laughs> so everybody's got a free live coaching session that was already that's there. So that, that, that's that's and that's kind of what I do in a nutshell. Um, and uh, once we figure out, you know, what your purpose is, the intention of the vehicle for that. All you need to do is turn on the water. And what happens is the doors of opportunity start to come up uh, again and again and again. And as long as you're trusting your intuition to make sure you're surrounding yourself with the right people and moving away from those who are giving you the wrong answers or the wrong advice because they just don't have the experience. And there's a lot of armchair entrepreneurs out there. Or a lot of people who have opinions, but they've never done it themselves. And bless their hearts. I mean, good on them to give you advice because they, they might be caring, but they're not the right people to listen to. You have to be listening to the people who've been there, done that, that have the experience that can give you the nuances around making you successful, right? And putting yourself in situations. Again, the four types of intuitions and template. What situations should you get into? Uh, and does it feel right? You know, what are the signals telling you? Uh, what experience? Oh, I mean, you've already got the experience with with doing these podcasts and putting yourself out there, so you have no issues there. Uh, and then the creative intuition is how risky do you want to take uh, for you? So if you have a really good risky, you know, putting a risky topic out, um, you know, and if you feel comfortable doing that, then that's good for you. Other people may not be comfortable doing that. That's their risk level. That has nothing to do with you because creative intuition is about you and not anybody else. Well, it's not only that, but, you know, would you agree that we're all, we all came here for a purpose? To yeah, absolutely. Serve? Everybody's got a purpose. Everybody's got a purpose to serve. If you can, if you do not, if your intention is not pure to serve other people, you will fail in business, mm -hmm. period. Because business is about the intuition of others trusting you. So trust is a two-way street. So as much as we've been talking about our four types of intuition, our intuitive signals, the exact same thing is happening to those people who you're selling to. And the exact same thing is happening to those people who are on your team that you're asking to bring on. And if their signals are looking to you and saying, I don't trust Sunil or I don't trust Kimberly, uh, they're not going to do business with you. They're going to treat you like a number and look for another job. They're not going to buy products and services from you, from, from me or you because they know that our intention is not pure. And I'm finding more and more and more people are doing that. And that's why the statistics show that 80 to 85% of people are unhappy in their jobs. And 96% of people are running away from brands that they don't trust. That's how bad businesses are doing things today. And so I'm turning things around to say, Whoa. when you do things from an intuitive perspective, because you're serving your employees and you're serving your customers, your employees will want to work for you. Your customers will want to buy from you. And guess where they're coming from? Your competition. And as I said before, that trust happens in under 14 seconds. And so in under 14 seconds, you have the employees wanting to work for you. You want the customers buying from you. They're running away from your competitors, which means that's how you eliminate them. And that's why my tagline is that you unleash the power of your intuition to eliminate your customers and or your competition, pardon me, in under 14 seconds. That's how simple it is. And that's what I do. Oh, my gosh. I just got hit and a message coming in. Wow. It That's is, amazing. This is part of the awakening. Yes. 
of uh, our subconscious is waking the soul within us now to have the realization of what they've been blinded to. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And more and more people are figuring this out on mass. And that's why we have the great quote unquote resignation. I think this is just the great awakening for people running businesses because no longer are people wanting to be, to be trod on and treated like crap when they work for people. No longer do customers want the fake um, advertising and, and, you know, the clickbaity stuff. They're all saying, Hey, listen, we have choices. And if you're not going to treat us well, I don't want to work for you. I don't want to spend any time, effort or money with you. And those businesses, and there's a lot that continue to do things the old way. Good luck because you're done. You're done. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of time. And so my job is to say, okay, if you realize that you, re- actually, you actually do want to change as a business, I'm here to help you show you how to do this. And I've got a program that does that in as little as eight weeks, if you've got the time to put in the work. Um, and so, and again, I've got hundreds of testimonials on my, uh, my website. I've got one where I've got, uh, I see Ashley's part of it as well. There's, uh, there's nine people in there who've given me video testimonials. Each one has had, had added hundreds of thousands of dollars to the revenues just by going through this program of mine. So the advice simply works. It just works. I, I, I believe it. And just, you know, being intuitive and channeling these highly evolved beings as well on top of ancient civilization, they're showing me history of how religion was created and how businesses were created. I mean, I was like blown away, you know, uh, with the Sumerian writings of, I'm like, how did they know about metrics and units and, Mm -hmm. you know, forming businesses and things and they had uh property taxes they had physicians back then you know you had to pay them and there's three categories between you know the property owners then the commoners which were the employees and then there was the slaves and i'm thinking oh my gosh history is repeating itself it's just different time period because you got the rich the middle class and the poor mm-hmm it just changed form, forms, but it's the same thing. It's that same energy that's operating and keeping us from our true authentic selves, right? especially doing with businesses, because now businesses have been operating for greed, power, control. Yep. Yep. And that's all changing because people have figured that out. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's no longer going to be happening. That's why we have this, the great resignation. I mean, the, the, unfortunately, COVID has really, really got people to take a look at what they value. Uh, and my business actually went up when COVID hit because a lot more companies are saying, Sunil, can you please help us figure out how we're going to survive? And I said, let's get back down to your purpose. What purpose? What is your purpose? What's your intention? What are your core values? Lead from that. Because when you lead from that purpose, that intention, that true intention that you really want to serve people in the right way, their intuition is going to trust that. And if you think that you can try and, you know, change the wording and act and fake it till you make it, their intuition is going to pick up on that in as little as 33 33 milliseconds. And you'll never attract the right people to buy from you or work from you. And so, yeah, the great resignation for you means that you got to close doors because it's going to be a painful exit. And so for me, I found a huge, huge uptick in business because a lot more companies really want to find that purpose. They really want to lead with authenticity Uh, as much as that's a buzzword. It's the behavior. Uh, You know, are your words matching your actions? Are you really treating people properly? Do you really care? You know, that's what the authenticity is. And that's the behavior that the intuition of others is evaluating. Not some nice buzzword that you can have in a conference room or a seminar. It's the behavior you display. uh, And that's going to make me want to buy from you or work for you or not. And that's the reason why people pay for my services (laughs) or not, right? Um, Because they trust me that I can take them through that process. If there was no trust, I wouldn't have a business. Wow. And what you said just earlier, you know, especially there is a connection that I guess because I'm such an observer and I watch people, what they say yep. and their actions. If the Absolutely. actions don't match up with the words, then that's 
my signal something right. Yes, big time. And again, it, 33 milliseconds. There are some things called microfacial expressions that happen very quickly. And no, no person ever has able to uh, surpass these micro expressions, even the bad sociopaths or the psychopaths, they have these micro expressions that your intuition picks up on that tells you that they're not telling the truth. And it's up to you to focus on that and your intuition to say, Hmm, something there. And that's when you got to walk away if they find something that's odd, but most people don't, they give people fourth, fifth, eighth, 10th chances when their intuition gives everybody a second chance, but that's it. And mm -hmm. so most people ignore that or they just can't pick up on those subtle signals because the issue is, you know, of the four types of intuition, we are naturally stronger in one of them. And uh, and that's how we've operated our decisions. So the good news is we're stronger in one of them. The bad news is that we're weaker in the other three. And so what happens is when those other three are sending us one of these warning signals, these negative intuitive signals, we can't pick them up because we're weaker in them. And so when people go through my program, the one of the first things I do is strengthen all four types of intuition. And then we go on to figure out what their bucket of intuitive signals are. And then once they have that as a template, now every decision that they make can use that same process. Um, and that's why every decision that they make after that is the right one. And that's why I've got the, the, the types of uh, you know, performance, huge performance gains that happens when people go through my program. But I mean, you can do this at home. You don't have to go do through go through my program. You know, I've given you the the exercises with the two sheets, and as long as you continue to do that um, every single time, you know, uh, you should be good. Well, I've noticed that when it's like I'll see something, especially in my um, personal life, it's like ah. Uh, in my past relationships it's like something maybe a sign and i pay attention i'm like huh that's odd what's going on here and it would wind up leading me to finding the truth of what was going on that you know my partner was cheating on me mm. and it's like Deep down, we all know when somebody is actually cheating on us. Yeah. You get these those little signals and signs. Yeah. So yeah. I, I understand that. Now, learning how to do it in business is like, wow. It's like an eye opener. Like, oh. Yeah. I and if and, and, and even, even, even if we use that same analogy, you know, what would have happened is, uh, you know, there was, there was probably a point that you was a louder, louder signal to, to know that he was cheating. Uh, what was the first signal? So there was obviously a behavior shift. If you go back in history, you say, yeah, there was this odd behavior here. Uh, and that's when I first got triggered. So now that you're picking up on that odd behavior shift, you use that same thing in business because when you have, uh, you know, somebody wants to work for you uh, or so you have an employee that may be stealing from you and you can see that odd shift in behavior, it's the same concept. It's just that in one case, it's, you know, someone's cheating from you. In another case, it's a, an employee that's taking from you or the employee's not telling tr the truth, um, you know, or, or conversely, right? The employee may be looking to you as the boss and say, uh, you know, you want to go out for coffee and the employee just knows that you, you don't really give two hoots about who that employee is. You're just going through the motions because somebody told you to do this on a checklist. Well, then the the, the employee is going to say, so that's, that's a really bad, odd behavior, right? From saying something and not doing it. So again, these are all little clues that you can use the same thing that you went through. Uh, yeah, what you, and your intuition doesn't care about the context the intu intuition cares about the shift in behavior. That's, huh, that's odd. Context doesn't matter. So if somebody's cheating with, or somebody's stealing from you, or somebody doesn't want to be your friend, or somebody wants to sell you something, it's that shift in behavior, that odd statement, or the intention is off. That's how pure intuition is. What That's what it chooses. And what you do is your past, if, if with your past experience, every time you've seen a shift in that type of behavior, something goes wrong. So that means the next time you see that shift in behavior, no matter what the context is, walk away. And don't do the what ifs, because who cares about the what ifs? If you mm -hmm. do the what ifs, you're ignoring your intuition. And then you then in that case, you, there are going to be a bunch of bad decisions. 
and your intuition is going to say, I told you so. So why'd you do that? <laughs> I told you so. <laughs> yeah, I sent you a signal before. What do you, yeah. you know, you used to like that tool. What, what you go, what you do? And you know, I feel Italian, I guess. Yeah, right you go, what was I thinking? <laughs> what was well, I thinking? You are well, feeling your intuition. Yeah. And to me, yeah. um, wouldn't it be safe to say is part of the intuition is the energy, the feeling, the language to your soul that you already have yep. that's there to guide you, protect yep. you, prosper you. Yeah, that's the only thing that intuition does is to actually help you down that path. And so some of the some people have actually said, well, Sunil, sometimes intuition leads me down the wrong road uh, for a reason. That's, that's not true. Intuition mm -hmm. actually tells you that you, not to make the decision. And I, I remember I was interviewing this fellow, Mark Metry, um, who's he's got, uh, I think he's in the top 100 for his podcast show. And he came on my podcast show for uh, uh, to talk about intuition. And he started by telling me a story. Uh, so this is a guy that was making six figures in high school, but he was such an oddity that he needed to fit in. And so he said, Sunil, my intuition actually told me that I needed to keep lying and keep lying and keep lying to fit in. And eventually he, he lost sight of who he was and he got to the point where he wanted to take his own life in high school. And so when, he, as I let Mark finish the story and then in my podcast, you know, show, I actually say, but Mark, if you hold on, if we were to rewind the interview, which at, you know, my team has done several times already, when you started to tell me about that story, like you said, intuition led me down the wrong path. And, uh, and then when he started to tell the story, he was saying, uh, I knew I shouldn't have lied, but. So that very specific statement is how he started his story. And I said, well, Mark, your intuition's already given a statement by you saying, I knew I shouldn't have lied, but that's your intuition. Even you telling me that story, your intuition is forcing you to say, I was already there. You chose to lie. You chose to ignore your intuition, to continuously lie. And even though your intuition kept sending you some signals not to do that, you kept ignoring your intuition. And you kept lying and kept lying. And of course, you're going to lose yourself. Because when you're not true to yourself and your purpose, it doesn't matter what other people, the opinions of other people and how they perceive you. You be you. You run with your purpose and your intention. That's how you should be living your life. Nobody else matters. And when you've lost that, that's when you want to kill yourself. Well, and, and not only that, but, you know, there is the, the belief of, you know, there is a greater intelligence, divine source, that we're connected on the soul level being in our human beingness. Mm. And, you know, this source keeps our heart beating. We don't even have to think about it. Keeps our lungs exhaling and inhaling. And we don't have to think about it. To me, that's fascinating. Mm. Very, very interesting. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm this divine spiritual being. I am created in, as a God. I am a God in this human being. I just happen to have red hair, female parts. And it's when you connect to that, it's the, how can I say it? it? I have a wonderful mentor, Dr. Wayne Dwyer. He goes, you could be the host of the God that you are or the hostage to the ego God. Mm -hmm. It's your call. And a lot of times those voices, now I've recognized if it's a negative voice, that's the ego, got to shut it up. Right. And do you think there's a confusion of, you know, this intuition and this voice telling me just like the one um, gentleman that you just said, well, my, my intuition said, you know, keep doing this. That was his, that's his own voice telling him his ego telling him not yes. intuition. Absolutely. It's ego because ego, ego's got uh, two sides to it, right? Is there's the narcissistic side and then the other is the, the one that wants to, that wants the approval of others. Uh, and there's that, that's both the sides. And when you want to do the, when you want to uh, run your life through the approval of others and through their, their values, what happens is you start living your life, not going through your own values. 
And so your intuition screaming here saying, go back to your values. Why are you wondering about these guys values just because they're cool or you think they, they they're going to raise you up somehow, or you think they're going to move your life forward. It doesn't work that way. And so when you start living your life through the values of other people and not yours, you're missing your intuitive signals. You're getting the warning signals, but you're not getting the positive ones saying, this is how you live your life because your, your focus is way out here on everybody else. When the focus should be on you going inside and saying, what's my intuition saying? And that's when you start living your life with purpose, with intention, according to your intuition and, and your authenticity, your authenticity, your purpose, your intention. And that's when the doors of opportunity open up for you and anybody else who doesn't agree with that. That's exactly who you want to have repelled away from you. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's this one thing that I always say to people is that I'm on a train going at a certain speed. And if you're not on the same train going to the same destination as me, then please get off at the next station. And if you continue to not believe me, and if you continue to move me, try and move me away from my path, I'll throw you off the train myself. Wow. And I, and I think that's how people should live their life. Well, not only that, but even question, because this is where I, you know, talk about limited beliefs and the programming. You know, yeah. just like you said earlier, you know, what other people think, what other people value, that's been going on because of what they were taught to believe. They're just passing it on to their children and it keeps going forward. And that's where there's a misconception of who we are. Mm -hmm. Because we're living somebody else's life based on what they're telling us, how we should be, what we should do, how to dress and all that. Yep. Yep. And, and that's why people are so unhappy. They're actually yeah. living somebody else's life instead of their own. And their soul, their intuition is trying to connect with them. But they're so caught up in that belief, they can't even see the day of light. Exactly. And and so what happens is when you go through that experience, that the experience of getting back to trusting your intuition, what ends up happening is that you start to repel everyone and it becomes a big culling of your people around you. And so there's a big shrinkage of people that you actually want around you. But what happens is these people who you have around you, they could be on one hand. That's great. These are the ones that excite you. These are the ones that are the foundation of support. These are the ones that will give you that spark of energy every single time. And if it's one person, if it's nobody initially, fantastic. Find the one or two people that are going to give you that support. And when you get rid of all the fat around you, what you're left with is just pure intention. And that's when the doors of opportunity open up because nobody else is fogging that, that door of opportunity. So once they're gone, the fog lifts, these doors of opportunity open up. And as long as you turn the knob, and open that door, your life starts to really take off. And I've got time and time and time again where I've seen this with the people that have gone through my program. So I do believe that I put your website in the mm. description notes for everybody and even small businesses uh, to, connect, uh, to connect with you to look. The program is on your website. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a, there's a link there. It should take you to a webinar. Um, it, it, and so I can give you that link if you need. I think I, that's one of the links that I gave you as well. Um, or if they want, they can uh, reach out to me and if they're ready to, to make the investment, um, you know, we can have a call with uh, myself or a team member and uh, we'll go from there. I am so, it's truly an honor. And I'm very humbled and grateful to have this moment and experience with you. Thank you. I just learned something today. I love learning. It's like my body and my mind is like vibrating like, yay. <laughs> you're well, remembering and you're learning. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm happy. I'm happy to have uh, helped you help you with that and help those who are uh, listening as well or watching. It is truly. And you know what? Bless you. Thank you. In, in what you're doing, because it's so needed. And I'm glad you stepped up and you're doing your thing to help others. It's truly a blessing. It really is. I'm thank so you. happy that I got to meet you. And thank you, Ashley Michelle. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad Ashley connected us, but I really appreciate it. Thanks for the time.
Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Well, there you go. I, I hope this sparked something in you on a soul to soul, spirit to spirit level to get you to open your eyes and think and go see Sunil Godsey to help you transform your life, transform your business so you could start being your authentic self and be the best version of you and live your best life now. I'm telling you, you got to stay tuned for the next episode with Wake Up With KC.